I invite you to be seated. Behold, O Lord, a lamb of your own flock, a sheep of your own fold, and a sinner of your own redeeming. Amen. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Some of the earliest handwritten copies we have of Mark's gospel end right here with this verse. And this has been surprising to many, as it it seems to kind of leave us in the lurch. It seems a somewhat inadequate ending. We know, of course, from other Gospels that the women did pull themselves together and go speak eventually. But Mark doesn't end here. He doesn't tell us this. And that is why, in the history of the manuscripts that we have, there are two other attempts to kind of add a more suitable, more satisfying conclusion. But I don't think that this hanging ending should trouble us. I think it is an invitation, an intentional invitation, to consider just how earth-shaking, just how staggering this event truly is. Because the truth is that the resurrection of Jesus, if it is true, cannot be one more fact among others. You cannot say, well, that's interesting, and go on your way. If it is true, then it is a fact that changes your relationship to all other facts. Suppose, for instance, you found out as an adult that your parents were not actually your biological parents. You have been kidnapped at a very young age from a foreign country where your true parents were actually the king and queen. That fact would change everything forcing you to reevaluate your entire past, your relationship to your family, your siblings, your country, your nationality, your identity, your future. Everything would be thrown around this new fact. So if Jesus is alive, then everything that you know or thought you knew about life, about death, about power, about good and evil, about creation— about humanity, it all needs to be reevaluated in this light. Why is this? Because until this moment, these women and we have only known how to live in a world shaped by death. Ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against the Lord and giver of life, death has been that future in the light of which we all make all our calculations, all our decisions all our ascriptions of value. Death's claim on our bodies tells us that we are just dust, thinking dust perhaps, but eventually will be dust. And that that truth leads us to seek protection from others. As Adam and Eve shielded their bodies with making clothes, or to subject others to our will, using death or the threat of death to make them do what we want so that we can stay alive. Death's claim on your body is while we are locked in endless power struggles between male and female, between a man and his neighbor, between nation and nation and community and community. Death's claim on us is why we spend our lives resting from the earth the food that we need to stay alive and subduing the earth to our will and our plans. Death's claim on us is why we by nature flee from God and regard him as an enemy. 
the one whose goodness and truth and love can only mean for creatures like us our end and our death. And so death claims to be the future of every human being, every human nation, every human work, every human future. But if death, if Jesus is risen, then death is a liar. If Jesus is risen, then eternal life, not death, is the future of everything. It is the future towards which everything has been moving. The future towards which God has been directing his creation. And that means, practically speaking, that every single person you meet, every person you curse, every person you deceive, every person you ignore or harm or use, is actually someone who will live forever. You do not know any mere mortals, C.S. Lewis once said. These will live either in eternal union and bliss with their creator or in the eternal resentment and rebellion of condemnation. If Jesus is risen, then we know that that divine judge who makes that decision is none other than the one who was judged in our place on the cross. If Jesus lives, then there is a perfect, holy, righteous human being standing in the presence of the holy God and not dying which means there's a space for you there, too. If Jesus lives, then everything you've ever known as good or true and beautiful is but a foretaste of an end to which there shall be no end, of a sun that radiates the good and true to us forever in the presence of our Lord Jesus. If Jesus lives, then it makes sense to spend some time trembling and in astonishment speechless for great fear. But dear brothers and sisters, it's true. Jesus does live. The tomb is empty. And death is not your future. For he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.